from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top 10 things this week that made us go wow. wow. That's right. I'm co-founder of World of Wonder, Fenton Bailey, joined by editor editor-in-chief, I'm going to say, of the WOW Report, James St. James. And this week, standing in for Tom Campbell, very special guest, co-editor of the WOW Report, Trey Spiegel. Yay! Hello. And, um, yeah, I guess without further ado, let's start the countdown with Trey at number 10. Number 10. See these pictures? I do. They look fantastic. Yes. So, So this is a show. I'm in my gallery in upstate New York. And this is a show called The Waldorf Show. Um, the Waldorf was bought by a Chinese company and they sold all the contents. That was last summer. Yeah. And they sold everything. I mean, the beds, the coat hangers, the, the like, candlesticks, the, the ashtrays, everything. Yeah. Everything. And a mall in West, in Eastern Massachusetts. And there was some really spec. There was like from the Duke and Duchess of Windsor suite, there was some leopard. Uh, did you get it? No, but oh. there's the Duke and Duchess. But this wasn't from the auction. This is a news photo. But I bought 25 photographs from uh-huh. the auction. And then I bought news photographs. And I bought memorabilia. I have, like, these rare things, like, behind the scenes at the Waldorf Astoria. Right. And the Waldorf Astoria cookbook. And so, what so yeah. So did you pay for the photographs on the wall behind you, for those watching on the YouTubes? What did you pay for those? Uh well, I can't tell you what I paid. I could tell you what oh. they're for sale for. Okay, <laughs> tell them. <tell them. laughs> um, well, this one is this one is Queen Elizabeth um, in 1957 on the dais in the Grand Ballroom uh-huh. with dignitaries. That's her. It says it's 1957, but it's really 76 when she came back. And then this is Lord Mountbatten, who you know they blew up in a boat. Oh yeah, um, I, I know. I, I hate to yeah. in your bubble. Like the idea that you bought a picture that said 1957 and it was 1977. It sounds like they just shipped off. They maybe they went no, to Target. No, I'll show you the back. There's a sticker that says the Waldorf Astoria. <laughs> no, I think that whoever did these little there's little captions underneath, and it says 1957. But I mean, you can see she's wearing a floppy hat. It looks like 1970. I checked a lot. She came to to New York in '76, so that's probably '76. And what um, what were they for sale for? So the 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 ones of the Queen are are seven hundred fifty. I also have uh, um, Joan Crawford arriving. Fabulous. Um, I have Liz Taylor. I have Lucy. I've got um, like Ike and Mamie, and all the different rooms. And how many, how many did you get all together? Twenty five. 25. I wow. even have Hermione Gingold. <laughs> I love Hermione Gingold. But you got a deal, right? You got a deal. I don't need uh, to know how much you paid, but oh, you paid yeah. a lot. Um, I, you know, I, I got a good deal considering because you bought them in lots. So sometimes I got the lot because I wanted one, but I got the other two along with them. And um, yeah, I got, I, got a, I got a pretty, I got a decent price for the size because they're 26 by 26 and they're all framed and... Um, and they and they're historically kind of amazing that they hung. They there. have provenance, and they're they're a whole item now on the Wow Report. So I mean, they're well no. worth it. Well, worth yes, it. exactly. And there will be a post on the Wow Report about it. 
the first time I ever went to New York, I stayed at the Waldorf and I um, picked up a guy and had sex in my room at the Waldorf. So I have <laughs> really, really great memories of the Waldorf. And also one of my favorite parties of all time was when Oscar de la Renta did the Barbie fashion show. I don't know if you remember this in the 80s. He did all of Bar- a whole uh, line for Barbie and then Drew Barrymore and the Mayflower Madam and Jeannie Francis and the and Brill all walked in the at the Waldorf in the fashion show wearing Barbie clothes. And it and was it was at the Wald it was at in the Grand Ballroom. It was in the Grand Ballroom of the Waldorf, yeah. Which is now Landmark. Note. What? Um which is like so what's happening to the Waldorf Astoria? Like they sold everything. Is it reopening? Is it reopened? It what's is, the they're, they're turning it into 350 condos and 350 hotel rooms. The hotel won't open until 2023. And what will it be sort of the same style or will no, I, no, I don't think so. They made the rooms bigger because there were there were I don't know there was a thousand rooms or more. At one point, it was the largest hotel in the world. Yeah, um, and then there was the Waldorf Towers, you know, which mm-hmm. is where Paris Hilton lived, and um, like Cole Porter lived there for years. Mm-hmm. And um, when he moved, they they still have his piano. They kept his piano. Um, and when he moved out, Frank Sinatra asked for his his suite. Um, well, but- I know that there's I, I just read a book that we've talked about here on the Wow Report called Mrs. Astor's New York. And it would talks a lot about how the, in the, the the ballroom, not the ballroom area, but the, the grand where everyone would, you know, parade the lobby. down. Yes, in the <laughs> lobby, in all of their fabulous finery in like, you know, the Edwardian days. And yes. people would go there and just sit and people watch and how it was just, it was the place to be. And just Well, fabulous. there's a question later about the Waldorf too, which relates to that. So, um, and I'll just quickly mention another. So anyway, you can see the show on artsy.net uh, mm-hmm. and you can search Gallery 52 or the Waldorf show. Um and there's also another online show that my gallery has, um, which is called Queer Me Now. And it has a bunch of um, LGBT artists and allies. And one of the photographs, it was taken actually for World of Wonder by Ruben uh, Natal San Miguel. Oh, yeah, um, your old friend. Yes. Uh, does shot, so much for the WOW Report. Yes, yeah. he's done a lot. And he shot a beautiful portrait of Chichi Devane, which nice. is in the show. I don't know if you know, she's... Um, looking down, it's on a gold background. Um, but that's also on artsy.net as well. Um, so now, I Trey, just I, is, is this exhibition, these exhibitions are virtual only, or can we go visit you in person? No, the this one, I just no, opened, please do not go and visit him. I just, <laughs> I just opened the gallery la- this last weekend nice. for the first time in 18 months. Um, well, talking, and how do we come back? Pardon, how do we get that? Oh, I it's, in Jeff- it's in Jeffersonville, New York. So you'll never find it. It's two <laughs> hours northwest of New York City in the Catskill Mountains. Um, and if you look at tracebeagle.com, you'll see all the information all right. about that. Um, okay. Very so- quickly before we move on to number nine, James, only for our YouTube viewers, 
Was that the party that you got kicked out of the Waldorf Astoria for, for crashing the women's room? How dare you? No, the time that I was kicked out, that was at BAM. And that was uh, that was also with Diane, who hid in the bathroom stall as I was being dragged out. She, so she wouldn't get in trouble, too. I think you could do a whole show on places that James... <laughs> I have been, been kicked out of the I've been kicked out of the... Uh, I guess it's called the Waldorf Astoria. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, um, all right, let's move on. Um, memories of the Waldorf Astoria at Trey's Art Gallery. Uh, look it up online. Uh, TreySpiegel.com, right? Gallery 52, yes. Oh, Gallery Thank 52. You. You're welcome. Yes. Number nine, James. Number nine. Well, this morning I woke up and watched Kevin Can Go Fuck Himself. I don't know if you guys have know what this is or have heard anything about it. It is the new Annie Murphy series on AMC. Annie Murphy, of course, so great in Schitt's Creek. Right. And this is, it's, oh God, it's very odd. It's imagine King of Queens smashed together with Mayor of Easttown. Okay, it is it's two different types of shows that come together. The first part, whenever she's with her husband, it is an 80s style three camera sitcom with um, uh, a laugh track and an audience and it's bright colors and corny, corny jokes. And it's just I mean, it's cringy. It's terrible. And then the minute he leaves the room. The, the palette gets all dark and moody and it becomes this sort of drama like a mayor of Easttown thing where she is going through mental mental issues and she uh, is dealing with depression and she decides that she wants to kill her husband and it uh, she it, it's it's a very different different type of, of show and um like I said it, I, I don't understand it can I ask you it, so it is it a show within a show or is it just no, 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 no. it's just two different shows. It's every time she's with her husband, it it's this bright, cheery sitcom. And then the minute he leaves the room, it turns into a drama. And and she the color palette is like Mayor of Easttown. It's all washed out. The camera style is different. It's a shaky camera. What? Single camera. Like so the, the camera, sitcom yeah. is like a multi-camera, and then she goes through uh, the door into a sort of documentary camera. style. It reminds me yes. a bit of Natural Born Killers. Do you remember Natural Born? Killers that great moment when they were on the sitcom, like drenched in blood and Rodney Dangerfield. And also, James, it's a little bit like a series on, uh, I think it's Apple Plus, um, Physical with Rose Byrne, because she also hates her husband. And the way they do it in that is she's everything's very sweet and nice. And then she's got this inner monologue you can hear say, I hate my fucking husband. And I'm like, is this a trend? Women well, who hate their husband? Because it's also WandaVision, of course, has every episode is a completely different type of, of sitcom style from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. So yeah. it is it's, it's everybody is sort of playing with, with narrative and things like that. Meta, I'm, meta. I'm going to keep watching because the sitcom thing is so broad and so irritating. And it's that whole like King of Queens thing or family guy where it's this schlubby guy and he's married to this hot girl and it doesn't make any sense. And the friends are really annoying. It's it, it it's fascinating and it's annoying and, and is it, she the same person in both she is, she is the same person both times yeah wow. and, and and then she also has fantasies that are sort of like 50s style i love lucy fantasies it sounds kind of brilliant the way you describe it it is it is and she's probably going she, emmy bound again 
Um, and it, and and I hope it keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And how many we, have you watched, or how many I, have there been? The first one was a, a two-part, uh, two-hour premiere, and so I watched two hours, and then I'm going to do probably the third one tonight. And it's on AMC. It's on AMC. Yeah. Well, I think this is brilliant. I would imagine that the sitcomy bit is really funny in a very sort of dark way, right? You say it's really annoying. Is it? No, is it like? Well, no, they're doing it absolutely serious. They 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 aren't playing it for. I mean, they're playing it for laughs because it's a sitcom, but they aren't being ironic when they do it. It is an actual '90s style sitcom with the audience and laugh track. It's very, and then, like I said, the it's then you go slam into Mayor of Easttown. Kevin That's can it. go fuck himself on AMC Plus, right? Yes. You can pick it out. All right. Well, James, anything you can do, I can do meta. Number eight. <laughs> Loki. <laughs> I've been watching oh, the oh, new... I'm so excited to hear about this. Oh, my gosh. You know I'm a big fan of the Marvel comic universe. I'm not really a comic book action hero junkie, but I just love the Marvel See, the this MCU. Is, this is where we differ because I'm DC and I hate Marvel. I know. But I think what Marvel does, to your point, is it plays with all these levels. Yeah. And there's sort of the meta on the meta. It's not just meta. It's meta on meta. It's M squared. I over E equals MC squared or something. It's it's very, very clever. And in this, Loki is played by Tim Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. so yeah, Tim. good. Tom. So sexy. So wonderful. Yes. He was in The Night Manager. He's yeah. so, a very British guy. And, of course, Loki is... I remember having a crush on Loki as a kid. Sure. Uh, he is from Norse mythology. He's the cunning trickster who has the ability, I didn't know this, to change his shape and sex. And so everybody's very excited. This Pride Month saying he's the first gay MCU hero. Well, he, no, I, he, he is. He's iconically. I mean, he's can, canon, canonically. Canonically? Canonically, yeah. Canonically bisexual, yes. And so right. and that's very and so exciting. That's established in this series. Yeah. And first, the sort of story basically is, you know, as you probably know, Loki has been killed multiple times in the MCU. But in this instance, he they are following a timeline variant. And what that leads us to is the TVA, which is the timeline variant authority and the tva are in charge of keeping all the different timelines of the multiverse in sync and in fact what they basically do is go around eradicating variant rebel timelines and the problem you have in loki the story is that loki is abducted by the time variant authority the timekeepers, and he's like what do you want with me why am i here and it turns out that he is there to capture multiple other Lokis who are time variants in other <laughs> dimensions. <laughs> so they need to get the trickster to catch the trickster. It's a sort of, you know, the way the police will work with a mafia guy to get the other mafioso. But of course, it's Loki. He's a trickster. So how do you know when, who's zooming who? You know, how do you know when you're... It sounds very Doctor Who-ish. It sounds it's really good. I have to say, it's really, it's really good. And he, um, is, he is so sexy. I don't know if you've ever seen him on. Um, he's been on some Japanese talk shows where he breaks out into a dance and he does this marvelous, marvelous dance that is just the sexiest thing. He's so tall I, and sexy. Funny enough, I think he's least sexy with the long, straggly black hair as Loki. I, I find him sexy with it. But I also think this whole idea of the trickster and the liar 
is particularly pertinent to now. I think in the wake of Trump, someone who blatantly lies and almost has a certain insouciant charm about doing that is a figure for us all to grapple with. And in an era where, you know, deep fakes have become a thing, I, I, I certainly feel that, that Loki is really one of the most interesting characters to be exploring and ha truly has a sort of a resonance in reality, a resonance that I never felt perhaps that he had. But wait a minute, don't you sort of think that possibly in this era post-Trump that to deify or to glorify somebody who is a, a, a liar is probably the wrong thing to be doing right now? They're not glorifying him. They are grappling with the problem. You know, it's no, 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 no. There's it's no way you can tell me that everybody on the planet is in love with Loki right now. And you probably shouldn't be doing <laughs> that. It, it, you know, I mean, I just, I to be a Puritan. I, just I, always I, I, just, a, I don't know that we want to do. I don't think we should. <laughs> well, I know we're going to go the slippery slope. <laughs> I, I, heard, it, I don't know if it's true or not, but isn't wasn't Disney going to buy DC two? So aren't these two universes about to collide? It's true. Yes, it is true. And we're about to bring both all these storylines into one how universe. Fabulous that would be. That's like two galaxies colliding. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible because <laughs> we don't need to see Spider Man fighting Batman. It just oh, the comic book nerds are just going to be twisting <laughs> their panties. James, I'm sure you're going to watch because in this series. He now is grappling with a Loki variant, and the Loki variant is Sylvie the Enchantress. So Loki has transformed himself into Sylvie the Enchantress. There's two Lokis going at it, and they're on a moon, on a, on a train, on a moon that is about to be destroyed. I mean, what more can you ask for? <laughs> so where, where do we watch? Loki is streaming on Disney+. Plus. All uh, right, let's take a quick course. break. Um, just before we go to the break, I got to tell you, Dragging the Classics, The Brady Bunch, is from World of Wonder, and it's launching June 30th on Paramount+. Plus. Um, we created a, a special episode, Will the Real Giant Brady Please Stand Up, uh, in a one-of-a-kind event for Pride Month, using state-of-the-art technology, drag queens, and the original cast of The Brady Bunch. It's a complete recreation of the 30-minute episode of the Jan Brady episode in which she hates on her blonde hair and decides to go get a wig. In fact, and RuPaul makes a cameo appearance as a wig store attendant. And it's oh. we recreated the set virtually. It is exact. It is exact. This is yeah. another episode of, of uh, the WOW Report on Radio Andy. This is, uh, so far, everything is meta. <laughs> everything is meta, yeah. But, but you actually have Jan Plum, who, uh, who did, did, for many years, distanced herself from the show, and she's back, which is very exciting. Eve yeah. Plum, I'm sorry, Eve Plum as Jan. Eve Plum. And we have uh, Bianca Del Rio, Ben De La Creme, oh Kylie Sonique Love, Nina West. Nina Candy West is Alice, isn't she? Yes. And Bianca and is, is Carol, is the mom. That's right. Ben De La Creme is Greg Brady. <laughs> and Kylie Sonique Love is Jan Brady. And Michelle Visage is a hapless shop assistant at a wig shop. <laughs> 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 that sounds well, amazing. I've got a question for you, boomers. Um, Excuse which, me. <laughs> I know he's such a such a little <laughs> Which of you? Which of these four songs 
I just, I just want to say, Blake, that 35 <laughs> turns into 45 awfully damn fast. You aren't going to know what hit you. And before you know it, you're going to be the old bald man sitting in a room full of I'm just call. It's just your generation. No, it is. It, I'm a talking girl, about your generation. You, from now on, it is like circling the drain, and you are going to be old <laughs> the next time you wake up. It happens. You all think, right. They're all, all prim and, and thinking you're so fabulous but it's old Blake is just taking his revenge on us for us calling him the millennial producer all these years (laughs) um okay so I'm staying out of this which of these four songs was at the top of both the US and UK charts by the police in June of 83 was it Roxanne don't stand so close to me every breath you take or king of pain 83. 83. All right. You're listening to the Wow Report on Radio Andy, and we'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James St. James, of course, and Trace Beagle, special guest, co-editor of the Wow Report. And Blake, before the break, you had a question for us. Yeah, and in... Which of these four songs was at the top of both the U.S. and U.K. charts this month in 1983, the year I was one year old? Um, Was it Roxanne, (laughs) Don't Stand So Close to Me, Every Breath You Take, or King of Pain? It was not Roxanne or Don't Stand So Close to Me because those were like 80 and 81. So it's uh, it is. Uh, I'm going to say every, every breath you take. Every, every breath you take, which would just was everywhere that uh, for that whole summer. You're you right. It. Yeah. It was every breath you take. Yeah. What we should have said since he called us boomers is who are the police? <laughs> <laughs> mean like the cops? Like what? Like defund the police. Defund the police. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, the Bobbies, Benton. The Bobbies. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite right. That's right. All right, let's go on with the countdown of the top 10 things this past week that made us go, wow, we've reached number seven. Number seven. Uh, You know, it's Pride Month, obviously, and um, celebrities are coming out, you know, one by one, day by day. Um, Carl Nassib just came out, who was the first active NFL player. um, Oh, right, yeah. Matt is gay, who's six foot seven. and David Archuleta, uh, he, you know, from Who's American Idol. Seven. We, we do need to, to, to pause and talk a little bit about Archie here because he is, I, I've been in love with David Archuleta for a good 10 years now. I even had, I should have been worn my I love David Archuleta t-shirt that I have. <laughs> but he, um, when he came out first, he said he came out to his family as gay. And like years ago. Years ago, yeah. And then he said that he realized that he was probably bisexual because he still had feelings for the opposite sex and now he says that he's probably more on the asexual spectrum because uh he really doesn't have the sex drive that many of the people he knows does and i you know bless his heart i i feel like there's always been a lot of confusion and turmoil in his heart and his father was very controlling and yeah. i feel like his religion he's jehovah's witness and they are famously um you know, they right. fucked up Michael Jackson. They they will 
fuck up anybody. I really like the gays, right? You no, don't like the gays. So I, I, I love what? David, and I feel I feel bad that he's he's always sort of in turmoil. And he seems to but, get not much love and attention for this. Whereas you know, the, yeah. I mean, I think the NFL, NFL, right? Yeah. yeah. Coming out, that is so huge and significant. He's but in the Raiders. Time, he's in the Vegas Raiders from the Vegas right. Raiders. Well, this the 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 idea for for this. The, the reason I sort of brought this up was a people seem to be coming out, but also the way that they there, it seems that they, everyone, almost everyone prefers Instagram because you can have, mm-hmm. you can write a long post, you can make a video, you can put pictures. Um, and, you know, I, I, I did uh, a post about uh, 11 different people and practically every single person had, come out on Instagram. Not that people don't use Facebook or Twitter or TikTok. Well, or I think you get YouTube more love on Instagram. I think I think it's safer to come out on Instagram than it is on Facebook, which will And it's visual and and my point sort of was that it's interesting to me that that people now have this. Famous people, non-famous people, you know, we're we talk more about the famous people, but there are plenty of people in their normal everyday lives that are probably coming out on Instagram in in ways that you know years ago that they didn't and it, it does seem to be friendlier than twitter although all of it ends up on twitter anyway but well years know. ago of course it was handled by pr people and and you know like well, howard yeah, Bragman was the go-to guy if you were gay and gonna come out but i think he must be yeah, a you little, talk to get a, you, you would get a people magazine cover yeah, automatically right. yes or you a barbara walters interview or a, <laughs> you know or something and it was a it seemed to be made a bigger deal. So what's what's kind of good, I think, is that it seems less a big deal, which maybe I actually think that's a positive thing that people. It is. It, it, we are in a better place, I think. I do want to point out, as Blake has been pointing out over and over again for the past few minutes, is that the um, Carl, the the NFL player, is a registered Republican. He has voted Republican yes. in the last. He's I... in the last five elections, straight Republican, and he is a Trumpster from Tampa. So let's let's cancel him right now. Train is is he's very well, I mean, new. That, yes, but there's and there's sort of two separate issues in some ways but, but if well, we have they, to cancel caitlin jenner for doing the same thing then this guy should be canceled well, well yeah, but maybe the fact that we have a gay trumpster is good because maybe then it'll make the trumpsters less it didn't work for um, caitlin did it well it didn't really work for her too. caitlin is well, just a nightmare i i have this to say in closing quentin crisp used to say in the future people will say i'm gay and people will respond and <laughs> yes hopefully yes <laughs> so maybe we're getting there yes we still get your political affiliation and your you know what however you grew up but um i think it's probably easier for kids to come out now i think it depends where you live to be honest i think it's that's it's also a true but inconsistent that's all right true. let's move on to number six number six um, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been complaining that I can't figure out my HBO Max. I just it was not working. And so I spent like I spent like a day trying to get onto HBO Max. And I finally was able to figure it out a little bit. I still have some problems. But the first thing I watched was Wonder Woman 1984, which I wasn't able to watch last year when it came out. And we talked about the difference between MCU and the DCU. And this is just, it's a horrible movie. God Isn't it bad? It oh, is so just bad. awful. Dear God in heaven. And it makes me think that possibly you were right, Fenton, that Marvel is a little better. 
this, you know, it it had its stars. Um, DC has a tendency to want to have two villains in every movie, and it's always overkill. It's always Penguin, Catwoman, Joker, Two-Face, da-da-da-da. In this, you have Maxwell Lord, who is like a Trumpian sort of business. Who's the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. He's he's an '80s era businessman, and he's really annoying and really boring. And then you have Kristen Wiig, who plays her arch nemesis in the comics, Cheetah. And you think that is such like a perfect thing. It's going to be so fantastic. You're going to is and is the first ten minutes are great, and then it and just then she doesn't fight for an hour. Yeah, yeah, then but just talk. Like, but when she does, it's just nothing but uh, but CGI, and it's like it just turns into this never-ending slog of a CGI crap fest. It goes on and on and on, and it's so full of itself and so boring. And there's no reason on earth it should be in 1984, except they wanted to put some ugly sweaters and big hairdos in there, and that's like a punchline every time you see one. And then Chris Pine is adorable. He's fabulous. I love him. Why they had brought him back to life to kill him again, it makes no sense. The whole movie is a mess. I was irritated and disappointed. I wanted to see some fabulous 80s stuff, but I didn't get it. It was just terrible. Did so you, did you work anything else on uh, HBO Max? No, because I ended up having to pay $9.99 a month to get to get onto HBO Max, which I shouldn't because I already have HBO. But then in order to watch In the Heights, you have to pay $14.99 a month. Like you can only if you only you can watch it if you only pay fifty it's just was I hate HBO Max. But subscription just yet because James Wow has two shows, great shows coming to HBO and HBO Max very soon. Oh, I saw um, your post about that. July 12th is Catch and Kill the Podcast Tapes with Ronan Farrow. That uh, two Amazing. episodes every night back to back for three weeks. Then right after that, uh, starting August 2nd, Small Town News, KVPM Pahrump, which is set in a local news station in Pahrump, which is like an hour outside. Right, so that's where the Madam of Crystal was, the, the first it lady. It is, and that's where we discovered the news station. And we've been yeah. trying to set up that show ever since. That was 2008. So well, will you wow. pay my fifteen dollars HBO so I can watch? <laughs> well, it sounds like you've paid already, so you might as well just stick with it. I've only paid the nine dollars. You need to pay for my extra four dollars. <laughs> James, I'll give you the money after the show, <laughs> and then I'll come ben on Mo. and we'll talk about it. Venmo, <laughs> and you know what else I'll do for number five? Number five, I will bring over a box of mochi nuts. Have you ever had mochi nuts? No, no. A mochi nut is a donut made with sweet, glutinous rice flour. And it produces a texture. It's not bready like a donut. It's bouncy and chewy. Oh I my think God. we had them in Japan, I think, when we were when we were in Tokyo. Yes. They are so delicious. They are. And they look like a teething ring. They're like little balls that are joined together in a circle. We'll post pictures on the WOW report. Um and they come covered in glorious colors like green for pistachio, mango, yellow, um, ube, ube, ube. That's a flavor, apparently. It's like a, a purple potato flavor. Um, <laughs> Malona. They are, and they're just incredible. And, and where can you find them? Where have you been getting them? The Mochi Nut franchise is all over LA. There's one in Koreatown. Um, interestingly, you're right, James. It started in Japan. And then it sort of 
was it they were in Hawaii for a while, like three or four years ago, and they finally made it over here. I think actually they might have been around here for a little bit longer. But, you know, I remember the Cronut. Everyone was talking yeah. about the Cronut, and that was a huge sensation. I haven't heard anything about the Mochi Nut. But well, wait a minute, because you say Koreatown, and I live in Koreatown. Where in Koreatown? Yeah. And you live in well, Koreatown. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Put in mochi, mochi ice cream. Isn't it mochi and ice cream? Oh, yeah, it there is. is a mochi ice cream. Yeah. But it's called mochi because it's ice cream wrapped in a mochi coating, which is made of this glutinous flour. Oh, so there is ice cream in it. Yeah. In, no, no, not in the mochi nuts. Oh, the oh, donuts oh. made of them. It's just uh, the mochi part, not the uh, ice cream. But mochi ice cream is a little ice cream wrapped in mochi flavoring yeah yeah so mochi nut james i'm gonna look it up on the google for you in koreatown um 3064 west 8th street which is just off vermont okay right right okay and i think that isn't there like a mall right there kind of yes and it closes yeah. at 8 p.m so right after the show you can just i will off race out and get me my mochi nuts i tell you they are so delicious are they expensive how much do they cost well, I don't know. Jazz Tange, who was on the show last week, was yes. before. Very kindly, for Dad's Day, gave me a box of mochi nut donuts. Wow. So I don't nice. know how much it costs because it would be rude to ask. It but, would be. Um, maybe Nolan, your, your baker's son, will start making them and start selling them. Well, we'll try that. Yeah. <laughs> Nolan's mochi nuts. <laughs> Sounds wrong. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> It doesn't sound wrong. Trey had a question for us. I do have a question. Uh, um, so the Waldorf on Park Avenue and 51st Street is the second Waldorf Astoria. Do you know where the first Waldorf Astoria was? That's we'll the question. have the answer right after the break. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. I am Fenton here with James St. James and standing in for Tom, Trey Spiegel. And you had the question this time. I did. So um, we were earlier talking about the Waldorf Astoria and it takes up a full city block on Park Avenue uh, between Park and Avenue in Lexington, I believe 51st and 52nd. But that was the second location of the Waldorf. Do you know where the first location was? I'm going to say it was lower and it was probably like closer to Times Square. I was just going to say Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what, what if it could it have been in Astoria, Queens? These are all very good, some of them. <laughs> very well, the, good. No, the answer is William Waldorf Astor. Well, so the original was on 34th Street yes. and 5th Avenue. It I was did, yes. where the Empire State Building is now. So they oh, tore I did the, know that. Yes, I did know that. They yes. tore, there, was, there was the Waldorf and the Astoria. The Astoria was the residential and the Waldorf was the hotel. And Peacock Alley joined the two buildings. Uh -huh. and, and the peacock is that's where everyone would walk at peacock yeah. back and forth. And they um, they tore they they sold the property and, and it was torn down to build the Empire State Building. And it was built and opened in 1931. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very much in this. If you look at it, it's very much in the style of that time period of 
that deco-y. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and actually they were both sort of failures in the beginning because they opened during the, the depression, but they were still sort of the height of glamour of New York. And it, the hotel has a fascinating history, but anyway, it used to be right there where the Empire State Building is today. Fascinating. All right. We've been counting down top 10 things that make us go wow this week. We've reached number four. Number four. Flack. Which I've never heard of this. Weird. You've never no. heard of Flack? No. So it's um, uh, Amazon oh, Prime. Actually, you know what you're talking about? It's, it's the PR people, right? And it's on Amazon Plus? Yes. Amazon yes. Prime, okay. whatever. Um, and it stars um, Anna Paquin. Um, not to be confused with Julia Stiles, who I constantly <laughs> confuse those two. Um, and Julia is on um, Riviera, which is another sort of trashy uh, tabloidy show, but it's much more murdery. Um, Flack is not murdery at all. It, Julia Stiles um, works for this PR firm, and this, you know, very tough, tough boss is played by so- Sophie um, Okinado. Um, she was in Ratchet and she was in His Dark Materials. She just plays like perfect, perfect bitch boss. Um, and they're, they're sort of the hazmat cleanup team for celebrity um, train crashes. Whenever they happen, they've, they're called in. So they're the sexy version of Howard Bragman. I get, yeah, if there's a dead hooker, if there's a bad tweet. Howard is very sexy. No, he is say. very sexy. But, but they're, the, they're, they're wearing Prada and Dior and Balenciaga. They, it's very chic. Um, yes. one, of the, one of the PR flacks is, um, uh, is just another just bitch on wheels. Excuse the language, but she even calls herself that. But um, they have really great um, guest stars this year. Her love interest is Daniel Day Kim. Oh, I love um, him so much. He's so he's great. And oh. he, you, you see him in his underwear and he plays a billionaire. Um, and uh, Julia Stiles is, um, excuse me, Anna Paquin's <laughs> mother is. They both um, have weird teeth, don't they? I, I know. I and they all get the same roles too. But her mother is Martha Plimpton, who just oh. like chews the scenery. Um, and reminded- Martha Plimpton is old enough to be Anna Paquin's mother? She looks like it in this. She looks like a really? few miles of bad road a little bit. I still think of Martha Plimpton as being a teenager. Yeah, no, she's, um, you, you know, she's she looks a little rough here, but on purpose. Um, but it sort of reminded me, because, you know, I, in a past life, I was the art director of Us Weekly. So in the early 2000s, I was involved in this sort of celebrity tabloid train wreck and um well um, it's are a lot of the the scenarios and storylines um based sort of on real life or are they seem to be there's a there's a black there's a a a black politician who comes to them who wants to be mayor and so they set him up to confront a crowd and they plant some guy that's going to punch him and make him look like a hero but the guy runs off and there's another guy wearing the same outfit who really does like the crowd really (laughs) just beats him to a pulp but then he's trending and is going to win as mayor because, you know, he, he broke eight fingers. And, um, <laughs> and actually, in, in this, uh, uh, the one that I just watched, Jane Horrocks is in it, um, oh, yeah. who you may know as Bubble. Right, from Dotting, yes. <laughs> and she makes a mistake with a tweet um, and tweets something kind of racist, but it, it was really sort of innocently done. But then she starts to get all this positive feedback. So suddenly the right, 
turns to her and brings her into the fold. And she's kind of a has-been celebrity, so she jumps on the chance, even though she doesn't agree with the politics. She just mm-hmm. plays with it. So it, it's really, I mean, it's very much about these times. It takes place in London, so the celebrities don't necessarily translate to here. But in a way, that's kind of good because you're not trying to figure out who everybody is. Um, but it's very well acted. There's a lot of drama. And um, Anna Paquin's life is a mess. It's just a complete mess, which is the irony is she fixes everybody else's life, but hers is just a train wreck. Well, I know uh, my sister keeps trying to get me to watch this and she keeps it's talking about. Well, you should start it. with season one for oh, sure. Okay. okay. I mean, they're, they're, they do stand alone, but season one's quite good too. But uh, it's on Amazon and they're, it's, it's on, uh, I think there's six episodes. All right. Okay. Watch Black on Amazon Prime. Um, ten, nine, eight, number three. Thank you. Three. Number three. Yes. Um. I over the weekend I watched Moby Doc, which um it uh, it's funny right. because it took Moby me about Doc. half an hour watching it to realize it's a play on Moby Dick, Moby Doc. It's the, about the the DJ Moby. Um, it's, uh, who it's, is related to Melville, right? Who wrote Moby to Herman Melville. Yes. Exactly. And so it, it plays on that level as well. Um, we talk about how things have been so meta in this episode, and this is incredibly meta. It's very surreal. It's nonlinear. There are, uh, animated bits. There's, he's talking to a therapist at one point. He has friends who come on and reenact parts from his life. There are interviews with David Bowie, which you would go, but he, him and David, Bowie were apparently very good friends and he and David Lynch are very good friends and David comes on and interviews him um, it's uh, there's archival footage he's playing with a, a, an orchestra and it's really fascinating and you know he's had a very uh, tough life I mean a lot of you know a lot of his childhood his upbringing was he was you know brought up very poor and his mother was a drug addict and uh, but so much of I also read his his biography, Porcelain, which deals with his 90s. And so much of that music is just the soundtrack to our lives. It was in a million TV commercials. You know, all those songs, Porcelain, Go, Southside with Gwen Stefani, all of that is just like so imbued in and and who we are. And it's fascinating. And I've, I've known Moby since the 90s. And um, we had a chance to talk to him at WOW the other day. And I really just, I enjoyed him and I enjoyed the documentary. And I think everybody should watch it. He is so thoughtful, isn't he? And just so sort of smart and and lovely and generous too. I mean, I thought... Well, I thought- he's, he is somebody who, and uh, I, as we were talking, we, we were, I was mentioning Tracy Lords and how I said that Tracy has that same energy as Monica Lewinsky and the same energy as him where they have seen the worst of humanity. They have just, people have been so awful to them so consistently and they've come out on the other side and they're very thoughtful and very centered and grounded. And Moby really is, he's, he's somebody that you can just talk to for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And he's always bringing something to the plate. He's just fascinating. Did you meet him downtown, James? Like in the... In the- yeah, because um, uh, when we were talking I, at Mars, he was the DJ at Mars, and um, that's when he really started. That's like sort of the birthplace of uh, rave music in New York is where everyone started going to the basement at Mars, and people were talking about this weird new sound that was happening and the weird new dance and fashion and stuff. So uh, he's I, I knew him from then, and 
Also, he was talking to us the other day that he had a band with Kiyoki in 1989. And I don't remember that at all. That's I'm going to have to ask because it's just bizarre to me that I... Uh, <laughs> It was him and Jennifer Lewis, Steve Lewis's wife, and Moby had made for a trio. I don't but, know. Anyway, anyway moving a... along. All right, all right. Let's move on to number two. Number two. I just want to quickly follow up on something we talked a bit about last week. You know, I was going on about the color of cars, and I've noticed that all the cars were in the 90s started going silver and then gray. And then what prompted this was noticing a new kind of gray. Well, I didn't know what it was called last week when I did the podcast. I've done some more sort of deep dive on Google. And this kind of color is called Nardo Gray. I don't know why it's called Nardo Gray. I'm still not able to find out why. I thought maybe it was Leonardo, like Nardo, short Leonardo Gray. I don't know. But Nardo Gray was a gray color launched by Audi for their high-end cars. And it just took off like wildfire. And James, you said... Oh, yes, you know, billionaires wrap their cars in these, these things. Well, you're sort of right, because the demand for this color was so intense that Audi couldn't any, couldn't any longer control it and monopolize it. And it's become available in vinyl wraps, which is the thing where you get your car, instead of repainting it, you get it wrapped in vinyl. And it looks just like a paint job. So, well, I'm looking on Urban Dictionary right now, and I see that Nardo is a kind, beautiful, hot, smart, and confident bestie who will always have your best friend. But it's also a kind of um, sweet bundle of candy. If you get a, a Nardo, it's a mm. sweet bundle. Of, and I'm wondering if the wrap of the wrap of the candy or something is maybe where that. that comes from. It's the also a city about, in Spain. I don't know. I'm just throwing all these things out here. Well, well, Nardo Gray is also known as sometimes it's called Battleship Gray or Primer mm. or Unfinished Gray because it's normally is it matte. It's normally an undercoat. No, it can be glossy. It can be glossy or matte. But Trey, it's a kind of paint that is very flat looking. It's not that it's not. It's not about its glossiness. It's just got a, an, a certain amount of white in it that it feels very chalky and very solid it almost looks like almost actually looks like it is vinyl sort of and it's it's so hard to describe but it's what you saw it on an audi in person mm -hmm. uh, it's not now seeing them every time he walks out the door he, he sees yeah. it i just see nardo gray everywhere it's not <laughs> gray. It's it's an LA thing, it might be it's an not... aneurysm but uh... <laughs> are you smelling <laughs> copper you know, we're <laughs> a senior moment here. No, just Google Nardo Gray in images, Trey, and you'll see, you'll know, you'll go, oh, that, it looks, I think it makes cars look like toys, like toy models, mm. like children's toys. Um, but I just can't find enough out about it. And some people love it and some people hate it. It's like, do you know, do you know this like color it? called um, Vanta Black? Yes, that's super black, black. That's yes, that is the, um, yeah. the artist Anish Kapoor. Yeah, um, bought the patent to it, and apparently yeah. it's ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Like it's the blackest thing in the world. So if you right. paint it on the floor, it looks like a hole. It looks like a black hole to the it absorbs end of the light. universe. And he made all the artists mad um, yeah. that he monopolized it. this paint. But I was imagining a Vanta black um, car. Well, this is the, the maybe this is the grayest gray. I don't know what I don't know. It's it's. 
Have you seen any cars, James, with it well, since I I've been around? The one that I always see, I always see the matte black that looks like a Batmobile. That always that this, the, uh, it, it's it's very matte and it's very black, and I see it in, in matte gray. So the, it might be the Nardo gray. I don't know. But the one, the color I always see, I see this weird orange that I see it all orange, like orange Mercedes, orange Audis, orange. I see that all the time lately. It's a very vibrant orange, and it seems like a new color that's sort of coming onto the scene. James, you know that I like Soviet bus stops and I feel I've now become obsessed by car colors because, you know, you know, like that sort of green racing car green, that sort of bottle. It's like a lovely dark green. And that's always associated with British racing cars and sports cars. Did you know that? No. Okay. Well, that ruins my story. But basically, yes. Oh, the green you, from the sports cars. Oh, yes. I'm British racing cars. Thank you. It happened because um, white and blue had been taken by the U.S. as racing colors. Germany and France had taken um, other colors. So the only color that was left was green. And motor racing was illegal in the U.K. at the time. So all the races were held in Ireland. And because it was Ireland, which is known as the Emerald Isle, they painted the race cars green. And that's why... These dark green racing cars are always associated with the UK. Ah, Who knew? Another trivia question. I actually have one more before we take a break. I love it. Um, How many years has Trey here worked with us at World of Wonder on the WOW Report? We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to the WOW Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm very excited this week because we have Trey Spiegel here as our special guest. And he is the subject of this week's question. Yes, I asked, um, how many years has Trey been working with us on the Wow Report? I, at this point, we insert the um, the meme or the gif of the old lady from <laughs> Titanic saying, it's been 88 years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I started when I was 11. <laughs> well, Trey, oh. why don't you just tell oh, us yeah, our tell number it. one? Number one. It was eight years ago tomorrow on June 26, 2013, that I did my first post for the WOW Report. And it was um, the, at the same time, that day, the Supreme Court overturned DOMA. And um, I lived in the West Village. And so I walked over to the stone wall and took a picture and there were news crews there. Um, And two years later on the same date, June 26th in 2015, was when um, the 14th Amendment required all U.S. state laws to recognize same-sex marriage. I was I was at Stonewall that day and I was crying and sobbing. That was such a momentous day. Yeah. yeah. And that same summer, um, two years into writing for the WOW Report is when Trump announced his candidacy. So yeah. I must say that a big chunk of what I've written for the WOW Report, all of the you know air got sucked out of the room um, by Trump. I mean, we're just now coming out of every other post not being about... <sighs> Thankfully, thing he did. I, I want to say that um, my first day doing the Wow Report full time was July 9th, 
2009, I think. And you, you know this day because I walked in terrified, like not knowing what I was going to blog about or anything. And that morning, Farrah Fawcett died. And two hours later, Michael Jackson died. And the whole day was just like, blah, 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 like that. And I just remember like that was my first day blogging. And it was that was quite a hell of a day to start. That you beat me there. That's pretty <laughs> that's pretty incredible. Poor Farah. Like she got, you know Oh, she just got the shaft. Didn't yeah, she? totally. Well, I, I started I started at WoW and I was so pissed because like literally a week before I started, Amy Winehouse filmed her tears dry on their own video right in front of uh, our office in right in front of, and and steven uh corf uh, went out and was it has that wonderful picture with her theron got a picture with her i think they're both in the video oh they are that's true yeah, yeah. steven carries his pug out of the our door and theron <laughs> walks by on crutches <laughs> yeah um, all, all of the milestones that have gone through the row report so what was the first year of the blog well, we've we've debated this. I think Fenton, um, I believe it started online, uh, like as a mail out. We would you would mail it every month or every week. Yeah, well, that's there, not a blog though. That's but it was that's... called the Wow Report, and it was, oh. uh, it, and it was the top ten things that made us go wow that that week, and that was in two thousand, and then two thousand in two thousand in, in two thousand. Yeah, it was two thousand, and then in two thousand four is when it became a blog. And it was, we were in, that's when we were in Tokyo. It all comes wrapped up in a bin and you came, we came back and Steven had the month of February. You guys just tried out different styles and different things. And it was a try. He had a whole month to try out before it went live in March of 2004. Am I right? Yep. The legendary Steven Saban. When I I started, I remember Steven was still, the late great Stephen Saban was still blogging and he used to send me all these email about style and what I was doing wrong. And he was so cranky about everything. And God, so bless funny. he, he and I what you people still who worked in the office are still traumatized, have PTSD because he and I would argue over, uh, you know, the Oxford comma loudly and call each other. You motherfucker. That, I mean, we would, <laughs> scream at each other people would run and hide we would argue would run into my office in tears on a daily basis I got to you know whether it was one space or two space after the periods i mean and he was a stickler god bless him for he was old school journalism so i don't feel so bad um my niggling email about oh link to this poster <laughs> I, I thought maybe I had taken this place. <laughs> <laughs> so it started as a newsletter for the yeah. top 10 things that go wow. And now here we are on yeah. Radio Andy yeah. with the top 10 things that go wow. 21 years go. ago. Yeah. The more things, that, la plus a change. What is the, the French expression? The more they are the same. I, I want to um, just say that I really, I, I still enjoy it. This last year during the pandemic, right after it hit, none of us knew what to do. And we just sort of, I I, kind of clung to the WOW report. And um, it was a way to connect to the world and sort of talk about what was going on. But I used to work as... Imagine if if we were just sitting at home 
I mean, I, it really was a way to, to every morning you get, you get up and you looked at what's going on in the world and you try and find some joy. The world that was ending. Yes. <laughs> yes. You try to find something. And eventually we sort of found our way out of it. I mean, yeah. watching you guys, you know, you used to be all in a room together and now you're still not. But um, it, it, I've been a visual person most of my life, and I wrote a lot of headlines when I would work on stories at Us Weekly and different magazines and stuff. But I've done, I checked, and I've done 9,800 posts, and I do about 100 a month. So before the end of the summer, I'll hit 10,000 posts. That's crazy. So... I know you've got me beat, James, by, well, I, by I, miles. I remember when um, Saban hit his ten thousandth post, and that was there was a cake and everything, and that was a and that it, we'll have to have we'll have to have you back. This is on. my cake. This is my cake, or I'll come back at ten thousand. No, this we're is we're going to get you some mochi nuts. We're going to get you some mochi nuts. Oh, can you FedEx those, please? I'll give you the address. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother Tad, who lives in Austin, Texas. He is constantly sending me. He's very tuned in to what is a good wow story. He knows what um, he, he knows the kind of stories that wow readers like and that I write about. All this time, I thought it was you and your genius. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, no, it's Friday. <laughs> um, but yeah, and other people occasionally send me story ideas and stuff too. But Tad has really this last couple of years, especially, been sending me a lot of stuff. But thank you to World of Wonder, to well, Fenton and Randy and you, James. And um, we're not on the same coast, but I still feel uh, you know, part of it. And I love um, watching and listening to the WOW Report on Radio Andy because I feel like I'm hanging out with you guys. So well, thank, well, thank you, you Fenton. Thank, uh, thank you, Theron. Thank you, Fenton. <laughs> thank you, Trey. Uh, thank You're you, welcome. everybody. Thank God bless you. and good night. <laughs> yeah, that's all we have time for. I just want to say one thing, though, before we leave. To the Academy voters out there, to our devoted listeners who are Academy voters, we have several documentaries and shows for your consideration because... This is the last week you can vote for the Emmys uh, with uh, Trixie and Katya. Um, I thought fashion- you were just having that aneurysm again. <laughs> <laughs> fashion photo review, fashion photo review, RuPaul's Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race Untucked, RuPaul's Drag Race, Corona Can't Keep a Good Queen Down, Homemade Astronauts, which we haven't talked much about on Discovery Plus, Homeschool the Musical, the class of 2020 on HBO Max, and Last but not least, going to pot, which is very much what this show is, on <laughs> Paramount+. Plus. Um, so if you have a moment, if you're voting, please do consider those shows for the Emmys. You are shameless. Let me. I, I am. I am. <laughs> Actually, I don't I feel bad wonder... about plugging my shows now at all. <laughs> is it even legal to do that? Have I broken the rules? Am I going to get Absolutely <laughs> not. I mean, our, our boss, Bravo Andy, I mean, he's made a show of it, a hit show. When you start saying you're going to um, start sending uh, mochi nuts to everyone who votes. That's mochi start... nuts to everyone who votes. <laughs> that's where you start breaking some laws. Okay, Piazzadora. We need a disclaimer <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Trey. And thank you for all your contributions over the years. Thank you, James. Love you, Yay, too. And thank you, Blake, you. our former millennial producer. <laughs> millennial no more. Quickly <laughs> aging millennial producer. How <laughs> dare you. Same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. Wow.